If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. You have been added to the waiting room. You cannot talk or listen until the host admits you to the meeting. You uh, are muted. Data, you can mute or uh, you unmute have yourself have by pressing of data, star six. You have to be able to process that data. It's not always um, uh, financially a financially savvy move to, uh, uh, to build large data centers. Sometimes it's not even uh, a possibility. But uh, these days, cloud computing has in a way, democratize the, the, the access to, 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 to those kinds of uh, resources. And then finally, I'll just highlight uh, uh, cybersecurity. Moving into the digital space comes with it a need to secure your data. Data is, uh, is, is one of your business, biggest assets as, as a company. And even your customers need to feel that their data, their assets, whether they're digital or physical, are secure. Uh, if they're using some sort of digital currency, they want to make sure that their transactions are secure. So we have to start to look at where we are from a cybersecurity perspective uh, in Africa and whether we have the uh, infrastructures in place to be able to kind of secure uh, the, the project that we are trying to build. And so I'll kind of uh, stop right here and maybe we could kind of uh, – uh, probably delve in a little bit deeper at a later stage into each of these uh, uh, suggestions. Excellent. Thank you, Tiniso. That was a, a good, uh, informative information, if we may say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this IT staff is quite, uh, <laughs> it's quite a challenge to swallow and to grasp. Uh, just an announcement to everybody, those of you that uh, follow us on radio, we have resolved the technicality on that end, so you can call into the radio show and follow the discussion here, although we have made some strides here. Just one basic question to me, so I may begin with, is how connected, how IT connected is uh, Africa in, as a whole in terms of internet, Wi-Fi, whichever terminologies are applicable? So I can't necessarily give you, I guess, the specifics or the statistics around connectivity, but um, if you basically, if you look at it um, just from kind of from an anecdotal perspective, you'll find that uh, you have um, tranches or different uh, sectors of society that are connected at different levels. Mm -hmm. 
if, if you think about the, let's just say the rural Zambian, right, that may li live in far-flung uh, areas, um, there, we, we still have a long way to go to get uh, our people online. Um, and, and that's why I was saying mobile has to be key. That will likely be their first uh, exposure to the internet, especially for you know, our, our people in the villages that may, uh, may have uh, mobile phones, but they may not have a smartphone, for instance. Yeah. So there's still, ha there's still a leap to be made from your, you know, your kind of your flip phone handsets um, to more, to, to uh, kind of a, a greater proliferation of smartphones Right and kind of more simplistic devices that allow you to get onto the internet. Um, uh, but then at the corporate level, I am seeing a lot of promising uh, moves and prom promising action. Um, you're seeing a kind of a move away from uh, kind of a pay-to-play uh, uh, internet access model to more. Um, uh, unlimited data plans. I'm seeing that uh, more emerge more and more, and in Zambia, I've seen a lot more evidence of that. And mm -hmm. that, so I'm thinking that there's a lot of opportunity. Um, and I think we we are pretty connect, pretty widely connected, really, to be honest. Uh, but there's still some way to go for us to be able to kind of reap the gains um, that we'd like to reap uh, from, from from the. From the, the, the before system. I allow, yeah, before I allow others to come in and those who may have. Uh, other questions about this issue. What type of investment, number one, Tiniso, what type of infrastructure are we talking about to get Africa really to be, let me use the word grid, on the internet grid, okay? Because nobody's going to deny that it's a great component of development in this era that we are living in. You referenced uh, rural areas and this shouldn't just be we can talk about kenya rural areas uganda uh, ghana nigeria uh gilbert here will probably comment on that as he deals with the farmers uh, how how technologically up to date is the farming industry in zambia if we may say that but that's not your question my question to you is what type of infrastructure and investment will it take for us to get to where we're supposed to be? We got a bare minimum. Um, you, I, I cannot necessarily give you dollar figures, as, mm -hmm. <laughs> but generally speaking, you would start from I think the basics. The basics would you would start with things like physical um, infrastructure around networking, right? Mm -hmm. uh, networking infrastructure needs to be expanded. Um, you also need to be able even to expand uh, things like the, uh, yeah, the bandwidth of your current networks uh, so that you have uh, you, your internet is more or less kind of uh, more stable, more reliable. Uh, an example I, I'd give you is, is right here in the U.S. Now that a lot of people have kind of moved out of the office to mm -hmm. working from home due to COVID, um, th there have been some some uh, technology or telecoms companies have struggled a little bit trying to adjust because of this increased demand for data, right? Um, and so with that comes an, an increased uh, requirement for investments in physical, the physical infrastructure to support, uh, to support that demand. Um, there's also, 
an inevitable requirement for 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 uh, an investment in education around the digital mm-hmm. space, right? Um, demystifying it. Um, uh, I was talking about cyber uh, previously. Most companies put in a lot of money, uh, not only in setting up teams to kind of protect their, 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 their digital assets, but making sure that people that use their networks, people that use these digital assets, uh, know how to use them responsibly, right? Uh, and know how to use them in a secure manner. Um, so there's definitely an investment there. It, it, um, uh, I also talked about ERP systems being able to kind of uh, manage your data uh, in a logical uh, manner that um, allows you to be able to kind of strategically plan uh, your business and your, your, the growth of your business and to, to be able to understand where you are. Um, that will also be an, uh, that will be also a place where businesses themselves have to spend some money. Um, I was looking at what customs, uh, what we've done from a customs perspective, and that's more from a, a government uh, lens. And I'm seeing that we, I think we currently have certain systems that are in place that have made the customs clearance process uh, a lot more streamlined. Uh, I think they have some, a system called ASICUDA, which most of uh, Africa has adopted. And from, the, I guess, the, the uh, uh, the early feedback from that is that it's it's working really well, um, and so there's a lot of different points within the whole chain or within the whole landscape that uh, present um, places where either government or private businesses or even individuals themselves will need to put in either time or money uh, to be able to kind of get up to speed with with where we're going. Don't you think, uh, if I may say so, that shouldn't government take this as something they, 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 they should sort of bear the burden for the sake of bringing their citizens up to, current, to the current situation, um, for the sake of development, for the sake of the education system? You've seen what the pandemic has done. It relegated everybody into our homes, and only God knows, we all know what happened in the African situation where the kids simply went home and they they just continued on a long holiday, unprecedented holiday. Shouldn't this be a government challenge or responsibility for now until we probably get to that point where the private sector begins to take the responsibility gradually? Mindful, everybody watching and listening. Um, I don't know, like you said, you can't put dollar figures to this. Also, I'm trying to, you can see I'm shaking my head here, Gilbert, Roger. I, 60% of Africa, if I may say that, that's an, I don't know how accurate that is. 60% of Africa is probably internet or Wi-Fi is not something that is priority on their budget. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. So to, don't you think government should take up this and say, I'm not saying it should be free. Uh, bare minimum, like, like we do the medical insurance, for example, at UTH, just make it a minimum, a little contribution, so to speak, to help with the, with the management or expense of the thing. I, I would agree. Um, I think there, 
one of the realities that we, we have to contend with uh, is the fact that there could be places uh, in Africa where huge investment, uh, huge investment by uh, private corporations may not present the uh, economics to justify mm. those kinds of capital outlays. So uh, in, in such cases, I think it's, it's imperative for governments to be able to kind of identify where those gaps are uh, and make that initial investment, right? Because I really, I think that history has shown us that, that uh, advancements with, uh, in terms of digital capabilities pay uh, dividends, uh, continued dividends over time. Yeah. And so I think government would just have to bite the bullet and, and make those investments. I, I do agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and kind of piggybacking or adding to that, I know we've been talking about digital, but we have to, we cannot bypass the need for reliable electricity generation, right? It doesn't work if uh, you cannot access your digital assets, right? They're stuck on the web, but you cannot access them due to lack of power. And I think this, uh, this problem uh, obtains all across Africa. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a reality in Nigeria. Load shedding is a reality in Zambia. It's a reality even in South Africa. And this is one of, I think this is probably one of the primary technologies. It may not be uh, sexy, but it's, it's, it's foundational. Um, and so that definitely has to be addressed. And so you look, as, as we're discussing, you start to see just how much uh, capital needs to be put into getting us to a point where we are able to really leverage these technologies um, in, in a way that kind of enhances what we're trying to do. Yeah, excellent. The issue of power generation and electricity is a whole uh, different subject on itself. Roger, we have an assignment there to find somebody to come and address this. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, good, uh, yeah, good discussion uh, uh, there. Uh, what this man, uh, while you're speaking, Nathan, I'm just thinking this man needs to be part of government. Uh, but we need to, we need to connect him uh, to, 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 to advise them. We have uh, Patrick uh, in the chat room. He has uh, a question. Patrick, can you unmute uh, your phone and uh, ask uh, uh, your question? We are discussing. Uh, the digital infrastructure uh, as far as the Africa continental free trade area is concerned. Yes. Um, greetings to everyone on the line. Can you hear me? We can hear you, yes. Okay. So I, I want to say I, I appreciate this discussion. Um, I, I, I appreciate um, Tanishu and his presentation and what he's brought forth here, and I think it's very important. I had a question for Tanisu and then a comment. Uh, Tanisu. How important is planning, do you think planning is, before even embarking on any of this stuff? When, when I say planning, I mean ideation, thinking of what is it that we're really trying to do at the grassroots level? What are the needs of the people? What are the morals and values of the people? And then build or, or imagine a perfect system based around a lot of factors, including those things, before we get started. And the reason I'm bringing that question up is because digital transformations and business transformations in North America fail at probably about a 70% rate. Um, and they fail because of improper planning, you know, the, the goals, a lot of the goals are not 
understood, although they're set. And so I, uh, I wanted to ask you about that because what happens is when we talk technology, everybody wants to run out and just do something. Yeah. They just want to build something. They don't have the requirements. They don't have the requirements from the people on the ground. You know, so when we talk about mobile as an example, what do we do with our mobile phone? We connect, we talk with people and that kind of thing. But what if one of the requirements is I want to use my mobile phone to make money? Yeah. Then you build it. So instead of building a system and trying to fit people into it, imagine the system first, the whole of the society first, and then put together a plan and then use the technology to do that and then build and develop the technology around that as opposed to the other way around where you're just following other countries and what other people are doing, which may not benefit you at all or much at all. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right, uh, Patrick. So uh, I think uh, by and large, I mean, for any technology or any technology implementation to work, you definitely have to start with your, basically your business case or your business requirements. What exactly um, uh, is the stakeholder or, you know, what, what, what exactly does the Zambian or the African on the ground need? Um, so while we can list all these technologies and what we can do with them, probably not all of them will be relevant to, um, uh, to, to, the, to the African case, right? Um, mainly because we, even as we speak, we're speaking in generalities, right? Because we, um, we're, we're basically starting to kind of think about the possibilities, right? What, what are the possibilities that the free trade area would give us or, or present to us? Um, and I think that the different kinds of use cases that can emerge, the different kinds of uh, uses of existing technologies, um, we'll start to kind of emerge organically as we start to identify uh, uh, needs as we go. Because even as I look at where we are in terms of planning for the free trade area, there is, in a sense, a lack of specifics um, um, today. All right? There's some lack in terms of uh, specifics. We know about the legislative actions that need to happen for, you know, that we know that it's been ratified, but we need to still know how these structures would, would work, right? Um, and as these structures kind of, kind of come into being or to start to materialize, we'll start to understand how the economics are changing and how it's affecting the person on the ground, right? The, uh, the, the average Zambian, the average African. And then we can start to build technologies as we start to identify their needs. Like, as I said, I think when, as we were starting is that you cannot really start to have a discussion on technology without first understanding the context of the individual that will be using that technology, whether it's a company or whether it's a, just a, uh, an individual or family. You first have to understand the context and their needs and then start to build with what you have around those needs and try to uh, bridge the gap. Um, and in the context of trade, we can also only speak of uh, generalities, right? Uh, and standard technologies that we have today. But that does not preclude uh, uh, or, or remove the need for us to look at the possibility of generating new technologies or approaching these problems in new ways that, are, uh, that fit our African context.
Thank you. Okay. Patrick, are you done? Yes, 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 I'm done. Okay. Um, very quickly, some of us, Tiniso, uh, are in a hurry. We really want this thing to work. Nathan uh, uh, has been with me forever. He knows. You know, we are one of those people, quick, quick, quick. You have to slow me down. What is the time frame? Um, the trading has, uh, has started. The infrastructure is not yet ready. Uh, to have something working on the ground, uh, IT, now we are connected to Tanzania, we are connected to, Ni to, to Nigeria. What is the time frame we are looking at? Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's a hard question, Roger, I must, I must admit. Yeah. Um, digital transformations are not an easy thing. I think Patrick alluded to, to that fact. They're not an easy thing. They can be hit or miss. Um, even the best, kind of best of breed or uh, most um, experienced organizations or enterprises that embark on digital transfer, transformations can lose a lot of money. I've seen cases where uh, companies have lost in the hundreds of millions of dollars mm. on digital transformation projects. Mm. You know, and you'll see lawsuits going around between technology companies because it's hard to capture complexity, right? Yeah. And invest appropriate, the appropriate amount of money, time, and talent to address those needs. Uh, and so when we're thinking about this, we also have to think about talent, do we have enough talent to, um, and when I talk about talent, I don't, I'm not really talking about credentials in terms of university degrees. I'm talking about talent in terms of actual experience, having done uh, or done such transformations before, <clears throat> because the stakes are extremely high. Um, and so uh, even as I said, with dollar figures, putting a time, even putting a time um, frame on it um, is a little bit uh, difficult because you, the, you have to have the willingness. You have to have the willingness to to do this. You have to have the the uh, commitment in terms of not only will but also in terms of resources. It may not resources may not be available to each country at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. And so that also throws in a lot of unknowns uh, in, into into the mix. Um, but if I were to generalize and just kind of off the top of my head throw out, um, I figure this is 2020. I would I would throw out a 20 to 25 year time frame. Oh come on! Don't yes. say that. <laughs> no, no, no. So so it depends on what your destination is supposed to be, right? Yeah. Because you could have medium term, uh, long term. I'm thinking bringing us to a point where we are extremely competitive with the rest of the world. Okay. You, you know, haste, they say haste makes waste, right? Yeah. Uh, these things are not really built, they're not built overnight. They're, they're, when you start to get into the actual weeds and actual details of how to, mm. how to do digital transformations, they're very complex. And just the breadth of skill and depth, the breadth and depth of skill that's required, it's, it's mind-boggling. That's why even here in the, in the U.S., People bring in resources from India, from China. We outsource yeah. resources because yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, you know, it's, 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 it's not a uh, simple undertaking. So, but, uh, but that's why I wanted to say, that's why I, I wanted to say we have to kind of simplify. And mm -hmm. see, what is the bare minimum that we need? What mm -hmm. can we do in the next five to 10 years to get us from point A to point B? Um, 
we, you know, we have to kind of really understand what our metrics of success are. And those metrics of, of success have to be us, you know, if we're going to from A to Z, we, ha we have to be able to say we went from A to H, and that's a success because we did it in such and such a time period, mm -hmm. right, with the resources that we had. So we need to set realistic goals that are achievable um, and, and, and be able to uh, pat ourselves on the back when we hit those goals and, and, you know, make strides towards getting to our destination. Wow. Wow, Nathan, this man. Um, we definitely <laughs> we are going to, to to need you make make some connection, be part of the the team. Uh, I hear Zambia is doing well. Uh, they were mentioned in some video, Nathan, uh, mm -hmm. how uh, uh, they, they've created um, a committee for the uh, Africa continent of Well, you take a break. Uh, thank you so much, but don't go away. I'm sure uh, there will be other people who want to. Uh, come and ask uh, some questions. Next, we'll be going to Gilbert Moire. Gilbert Moire is the CEO of Inseca, as you can see from my background. I'm actually going to be charging him for uh, advertising to our millions of viewers. Uh, Inseca.com yeah. is an um, online platform. Uh, he, he sells, he buys and sells. Uh, agricultural products. So it's going to uh, share with us, uh, uh, Nathan, uh, agriculture and uh, uh, technology. Uh, but before we do that, take it over, Nathan. I prepare a video which I found uh, on his website. Uh, okay. Those of you who have blues back home who wants to advertise to the diaspora, you're going to see how these people have done this nice video. Uh, please send it over to us. We are going to charge you a kamtengo, a kanonos. Over to you, Nathan. <laughs> yes, that's good. We're making some headway here, and uh, uh, our on the radio part of things, we are back uh, live, and uh, we do thank our radio audience for staying with us. Uh, please forgive us for those uh, technical uh, challenges. Let me just do a little test here. Uh, Alan, good morning. Can you hear us loud and clear? Uh, good morning. Yes, I can hear you. Uh, loud and clear. I was wondering where, where we were. Okay, uh, Alan, I yeah. can't hear us. But, uh, Alan can't hear us. Uh, okay. Hello? Yeah. You know, I can hear. Okay, we'll cross, uh, we, we, let's play a small uh, video. We'll send Alan a, a message, a, a, a small video. No, the video is about Inseca, an online uh, uh, platform uh, in, in, in Zambia. Have a look. Roger. Are you an agriculture farm input supplier of grain seed, vegetable seed, crop protection chemicals, implements, and livestock? Sell more and faster. With emusika.com, the number one place where farmers can find you is the best online presence for you to be. And if you're a farmer tired of spending a lot of time and money to just find, buy, and transport farm inputs, your struggles are over as Imusika is here to help you do all that from the comfort of your home. Go to our website, imusika.com, or call 0976-626406 or email us on sales at imusika.com. Imusika, simplifying business. Okay, that is uh, a 
So we decided to create an e-learning platform uh, called uh, apunzile.com, which, which simply means let them learn. Apunzile, we simply put that as a mulimi apunzile, which is let the farmer learn. So with that platform, we are creating trainings. You can think of it uh, as a Udemy of agriculture, where we are able to curate a lot of content on how to grow this, how to keep that, how to, you know, uh, probably learn how to handle markets before you get into farming. All that is to be able to train a farmer to learn how to farm as a business, because every farmer is an entrepreneur by default, whether they know it. So that was the second problem. And now we are solving the problem of markets, which is probably to be able to help a farmer again once they have bought the inputs, grow them rightly, uh, or kept them rightly, how do they get back on the market to go and sell the produce that they have? The final problem that we are working on is the issue of financial inclusion, which is to be able now to come back and assist that small-scale farmer that, are, that is not able to actually grow their output by you know, assisting them with things like probably uh, a loan or insurance or anything like that. That could boost them you know, so that they can be able to one day yeah, dream of becoming a commercial farmer. So these are some of the things that we are tying in into our solution. And I'd like to just quickly comment over one or two things that were asked to, to Tiniso, which I think he answered very, very well. And I actually, am, I, I, was just, I was just amazed at how some of the points were brought out. Number one, I'd like to bring in the issue when it comes to the issue of, of, uh, of, of, of the after uh, agreement that Africa is getting into and has gotten into, and most especially Zambia. One of the things we need to begin to realize is that before we even talk about this, digital has no borders. That's the first issue that I'd like to bring out. Mm. Digital has no borders. So before, after, before even this after agreement was brought up, we still adopted the use of WhatsApp here in Zambia and have made the owners of WhatsApp rich. Before after was created, we still adopted Facebook here in Zambia and the owners of Facebook have been made rich. And so many other tools out there so the first problem I would like to bring back to all of us as we push the after in the, in the, with the mindset of thinking about the commodities like, you know, issues like uh, groceries uh, and these other commodities that need to be manufactured, please let us remember that we may be also fighting for a partially old age kind of commerce, which as we are speaking right now, our friends have moved over and are actually benefiting from what is called the knowledge economy. And this is where we need to also take advantage that as we are pushing the old one to get, on, to, get to pace, let us make sure that we are also sharing knowledge and making sure that those who need to learn about what is called the knowledge economy can also be able to understand how it works. How do I build a, a solution that today can be bought and used in the U.S. without me opening any, any retail outlet that site? So these are the concerns that probably we also may want to think about as we do this. I would like to mention the reason why I was so glad to be joining you as my last statement uh, on, this, on this platform, and I'm very honored to have been uh, invited here, is that our solutions, both IMSICA and Apunzile, are very open to everybody across the world. Uh, you, most especially for those who are Zambians, for the e-commerce side, if you are a Zambian and you're into farming back home, and you're probably concerned with the last few transactions you have done where you do not get receipts and you do not get exact information over how the transactions are happening over the fertilizer, the maize seed, the agrochemicals you are buying, the machinery you are buying, you could use this platform, make a transaction, and all 
the family here would see is probably the products that we are shipping in. And lastly, on the, on the training side, you as well, before participating in any farming activity, can actually educate yourself on how that you know, activity works. If you want to know, if you want to get into growing of chili, why don't you educate yourself how chili is grown, most especially here, and then jump in. With those few things said, thank you very much. And uh, is there any questions? I'll probably wait. There are a lot thank of you. questions. There are, there are a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, All right, good. first let me say this, that I'm very proud of this pastor. Yeah. He's a solid pastor. He doesn't miss or he doesn't just speak in tongues. He's right there in the middle of things. I like his, I like pastors like him. These are the pastors we need in Zambia and in Africa for that matter. Okay, okay. I have a that. I have a comment. Um okay. Okay, just Mr. Charlie. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to shed some light on, a, on, on, on two important questions you asked, Tiniso. And I think uh, I, 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 being here, obviously, I, I probably have some, 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 some better light to actually add on what he said, to mm -hmm. you know, probably add some meat concerning what uh, Mr. Nathan asked concerning um, how is the infrastructure right now for, for technology, if, or, you know, for us to be able to embrace digital, most especially mm -hmm. in Zambia and, and Africa across. And probably there was also a question that you had asked, the last question that you asked, Mr. Nathan, concerning how much uh, would be required for us to do this. And I would like to agree with Tiniso that, yes, uh, 10, 15, 20, 20 years is, is, is a good space that he actually, he actually mentioned. But I would like to say that here's, here's the thing. Number one, uh, liquid. We had, we, had, we, had, we had three organizations uh, before. We had MTN. Zamtel, Zamtel has always been there, MTN, and also Airtel. These three were pushing, these are MNOs, uh, telcos, who, who are helping make, to make sure that we have uh, the ability to call each other, the ability mm -hmm. to text each other, and as well, also uh, bring internet to us. So with these three players initially, some three to four years ago, being the only ones in the space, the speed at which internet was penetrating was very low. Even the speed of the internet itself was quite poor. But we see probably some three years ago, some three to four years ago, the entrant, the entrant of uh, two organizations. Number one is Vodafone. As soon as Vodafone enters, they are denied the, 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 the license for, for, for calls, for voice, but they are given data. And because of that, they went hard on data. And that reduced the cost of data uh, uh, prices in Zambia to ridiculous amounts, whereby mm. almost anyone right now with a five-quarter, two-quarter, you can be able to go on the internet and browse uh, on Facebook or anything like that. That's number one. Then number two is that as, as Vodafone was coming in, there was also the entrant of Liquid Telecom and High. And Liquid Telecom did that in conjunction with what is called CEC. And CEC is a Zambian company. Liquid is a South African-based company owned by Saif Masiiwa, and uh, who's a Zimbabwean. But what we see is that CEC is Copper Belt Energy Corporation. They entered into a memorandum of understanding, and the idea was that since CEC is laying ground fiber cables, mm -hmm. they might as well use the same fiber cables to, 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 to push the, 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 the internet that is actually supposed to come in. So with that joint, with that joint uh, venture, 
we have seen a, a connection of homes and companies to fiber cable. And I would like to also add that, that they have gone on as, as liquid. There has been a separation now. CEC is by themselves and liquid has moved on by themselves as high. But what they have done is that they have pushed that fiber cable all the way from, uh, from, 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 from Cairo to Cape, to Cape Town. And it's running through the whole entire Africa. So meaning that they, they knew that this was coming. You know, they knew that this was coming. And as, as I'm speaking, last, just last week, uh, Strive Masia was, 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 was making a big, uh, what do you call it, a, a, a big pronouncement to say that they just finished installing uh, cables in the forests of Congo. Now, you know, you know the, the, the situation in Congo. Uh, but what they had to do is that they had to, because it's a thick forest, they had mm. to put the cables in the electricity wires above there. So that means that they are, they are connected. In Zambia, you mentioned the issue, you asked a question concerning, should we be having the government dealing with this issue? Well, yes and no. Yes, because they need to be able to, to, to participate as, 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 as being parents of the nation. They need, to, they need to foster for opportunities. But also, I also think that it is also our responsibility as, as, private, as private institutions to come in and do what we need to do. As one of the things that I'm actually happy about is that there has been an entrance of an organization called IHS. Uh, and it is, it is an organization like that that handles the installation of towers. Because initially, the towers were being installed by Zamtel. And they were doing it at a very slow rate, causing people in, in very rural areas not to even have normal 2G uh, calling abilities. Now, with the coming in of IHS, what you realize is that IHS is doing it as a private institution, but in conjunction with these three MNOs, the towers are being installed like flies. And what that has, has done is that it is making calls, even into rural areas, as, as Tiniso had mentioned, you know, the issue of you know, small feature phones are being used, and the small feature phones now have the ability to go to certain, certain level of internet. So it is also the ability that the question that uh, I think it was uh, Mr. Patrick, where we build solutions that are, that are able to respond to that level of, 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 of technology, the tools that the people on the ground are actually able to use. So I just wanted to give us the, the understanding. And from, the, from some of the statistics of, the, of, of internet, we're starting with the population being at 17 million. You have got 13 million people who have got phones. At least 13 to 15 million have got SIM cards. Those could be double SIM cards also, but at least they have phones. Then you're talking about 5 million having access to the internet. And probably those are the ones who have smartphones as well. So that is just some information I wanted to just share there for Zambia Good to be start. specific. Good Thank you. All right, my brother. Go ahead, um, Africa Evolve. Um, thank you very much for having me here. Um, my name is Clint Gombato. I'm the, I'm the president of Africa Evolve, uh, co-founder, and also uh, Moringa Tan, and also uh, we do training for farmers in Zambia, and in, uh, we have an online platform that we train farmers across Africa for especially Moringa production and also for the, uh, for the, for the marketing of Moringa and for the selling of uh, of uh, Moringa in North America, U.S. and Canada. Mm -hmm. I'm based in Canada right now, <clears throat> but I work pretty much across the globe, um, and and uh, across especially Africa. Africa has always been in my heart. Um, uh, my early days in in the in the 80s, I trained missionaries, African missionaries, to to travel in the country, and my one of my job was to to provide independence for them, make sure that they are completely independent from Western donors. 
and so that we can create income and generate income from that. So what we did in the 80s and the 90s was to provide a platform where these local churches can organize themselves in agriculture. They don't need money at all to do that. All mm -hmm. they need is to get seed. Once they get seed, I'll teach them how to do that. They need to get a little bit of chicken here, cows here, this and that donation. They get donation. And they can start a very beautiful uh, sort of a comprehensive agriculture. With three acres of land, um, an individual, a missionary with, uh, with a family of six can actually generate up to $10,000 a month uh, out of income and with one cow. And we're able to sort of do that successfully in some countries, especially um, some of the countries that we've, that, we, that we've worked with. But I think over the years, what had happened was that uh, the, you know, my, my, I, I wasn't able to sustain it because there was too, too much work for me. So I, I, I moved to Canada and uh, uh, over the years have been traveling in different countries to see how I can work in refugee camps across the continent and see how we can foster that relationship. Now, having said all this, and I haven't heard, I've, 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 I've hosted a lot of the Zoom meetings and, and talked to business uh, people within the continent in Africa. I think the problem that I'm having right now is that I have a company now in Canada and US. We have a, a couple of companies and organize, uh, or, or we've organized ourselves. Um, is that we don't have a reliable partner in Africa. Let, let me just zoom down straight to Zambia, for example. Mm -hmm. I did train farmers in Zambia on how to grow Moringa. Right now, I have a program that is coming on how to train farmers on how you can, if you have like one cow, you can actually reproduce and get a lot of stuff. So my goal right now is to sort of build partnership in the, in the sense that I have sent a list of resources that we need from Zambians, okay? African food, whatever at all that you have. One is that we need to do an SPA, that is a cell purchase agreement. Two, we need to enter into an MOU with a Zambian farmer. Uh, I don't care who the farmers are, but they need to sort of organize themselves. The farmers need to sort of come together and organize themselves and form a union, a cooperative, uh, and so, so that we can create sort of a, what I call um, a what, what is known as a value chain. Now, if we have a value chain in operative in every agriculture, you know, I, what I tell my student farmers is this, 10% is farming, 90% is actually the business of agriculture. Because a farmer produces, you know, any, anybody can go to the farm. Our grandparents were growers. They were not farmers, they were just growers. They grow, they send us to the the bush and we go in and we we farm you know i had you know growing up in nigeria i had we had cattle we had everything you know there was there was no uh there was no hunger in the village there was only hunger in the city those of the people that were migrating into big cities that was there you find hunger but the villages in in africa in zambia for example right now we need to organize them in the sense that we produce we have this produce that we can sort of um make sure that they don't spoil that is mm -hmm. we can we can store them properly we can provide that alone is a value chain so because you have the let, 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 let's do this let's do this let's we have the growers and then we have the growers and then we have those two harvesting we have specialists that do their work is just to go and harvest it we, we supply them with the infrastructure for harvesting this has to be done completely private sector based 
Of course. Yeah. We, Let, we let's have, let's we do this, to... my brother. Due okay. to no, due yeah, to I, time constraint. I will I will I will I will arrive at this so that we can put some things into into reality now. If I have one container or two containers coming in from Zambia every month, I'm willing to put fifty percent of the cost so that we can share fifty fifty. I have a company, my son runs a company here in Canada. And we, you know, you can come, you can, I can, we can send invitations so that you can come to Canada and you can be part of the whole process. I have stores here that I sell. Right now, I don't have food. I don't have any African food to sell. Okay, so you're looking because for we food have a problem. Supplier. We have a problem. Mm-hmm. We have a problem in Nigeria. We couldn't do that because the infrastructure in Nigeria is terrible. Um, so I'm training farmers. I can, I can train, I can train all kinds of farmers in terms of keeping into the value chain. You know, mm. if you have one cow or two cows or whatever cattle, number of cattle, I can train you on how you can become sustainable in terms of creating a value chain on how you can sell all the products without actually necessarily selling, exporting just the raw material. Because what we need mm. to stop doing right now is stop exporting raw material. Of course. Yes. That's why yeah. After, yeah. we need to keep yeah. it into the value chain. Mm. So, yeah, so my, so my training is three weeks mm. crash program. Mm-hmm. Three weeks crash program gives the farmer the basic understanding of, and then the network to which you can actually sell food within Africa and then in North America. Excellent. Right now we need moringa. We need we need we need a lot of moringa because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. So we need to have a pandemic and post-pandemic program for food banks in Africa. Our ancestors did that successfully in in the continent mm-hmm. of Africa. There was no there was no starvation in the in the 1800 or in the or in the 1700 in the continent of Africa, because our, our people survived, ex, you know, medically, our people survived. There was no any, there was no any problem that the Africans were not able to solve in terms of. Okay, my brother, I, I think you've given us uh, enough. So, uh, the last food. point that I want to order. Sorry, sorry, the last order, point that I want to Hold on, Okay. I think you've given us uh, enough to, to work with. Okay. Uh, like, Nathan, I think wanted to tell you. We need to schedule just uh, uh, a show for you. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. We, we will invite you. Don't worry. We that. need Don't a show you. with you. Just uh, with you. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to ask him a question. Uh, now you are giving us a, a presentation. So we are not, we are not lost, but you know we are. There are other things we need to do. From, uh, yes. Uh, from Gilbert. Uh, don't go into this fighting, but... Um, uh, I don't know. I, I think Gilbert has heard enough. Any comments, Gilbert, from what uh, our brother Africa has uh, Africa has done? This is what we need. Uh, we, we need my brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we yeah. need uh, the diaspora to be opening up markets yeah. for people back home. Yeah. No, we, ahead, we have the market. We just very, don't have, very, just very don't have true. The, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, yeah. and I agree with him. And if you, if you look at, uh, I've sent you my email uh, on Zoom. Uh, Africa Evolve. Sorry, we're calling you that because you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that fine. Is, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Not, that's not there. You can go yeah, to our website and check what we're doing. You, you can go to our yeah, website. Sure, sure. Website, not, not a problem. I've, I've shared, I've shared my email with you on, on Zoom. Uh, if you want to reach out, you could actually do that. Uh, so first of all, I'd like to agree with you, and I'd like to simply say that uh, if you look at the services, the, the four things I mentioned that we are looking at answering too. Uh, you realize that uh, they suit in exactly with what you've said because uh, as a value chain, what you notice is that for items to leave Zambia, to be specific, to get into uh, any other country, there are certain you know, quality levels and quantities that also, you know, you mentioned if two containers could be leaving 
you know, that, that's a quantity amount that probably would need to be taught to a certain, uh, uh, to, a, to a certain group of farmers, which means there's a portion of bulk buying that needs to be happening on this other side, you know, coordinating these efforts and aggregating products that are coming from farmers. So it's a, it's a process. And that is why if you look at what we've done in the last four years, because we've been in existence uh, for four years as, a, as, as an organization, and in the last four years, the first thing we did is that we created a clear cycle of how farm inputs can be bought by a small-scale farmer, any type. So that if you're looking at getting into aquaculture, which is fish farming, you're looking at getting into potatoes, any kind of farming that you want to get into anywhere in Zambia, you should be able to do that painlessly. But while that is happening, we then realize that, you know, when we're talking about where these farmers are going to sell these products that they're going to sell, we're talking about diaspora, which is uh, like Africa evolved. We're talking about places like the chain stores, you know, the, 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 the shop right right now, the pick and pay, and all these places because they're trying to go away from unconventional markets like, uh, like, like what we call Soweto market here in Zambia. Now, if you are going to move away from that, automatically the moment you want to go into a shelf of a chain store, somebody mm -hmm. wants to see value, somebody see somebody, quality, they want to see issues like consistency, they want to see all these things, and hence the e-learning, the introduction of the e-learning portal, where these things can be taught. And when you're talking about Moringa, I would like to welcome you. Uh, that's why I sent you my email to say, if you are ready to make that training, uh, we would probably put it there. The training remains yours. You can make money out of it right there while sitting in Canada, uh, and people will be trained here, and there will be that synergy. The goal is to solve these problems step by step without crying over who's not doing it on our side here. So we're more than ready to work with you or anybody out there who'd like to make a change on this side. Thank you. Follow-up question, uh, uh, Gilbert, on your, on your presentation. Um, access, last time I talked to you, I, uh, some people on this radio, they know me as an anti-Lusaka guy. So always I want to speak for the guy in Lundazi, I want to speak for the guy in Chavuma. Um, how accessible uh, is your platform uh, to, to, to these guys? That's a very good question that I have uh, received uh, quite heavily for a very long time, and I always get excited when I hear it because, uh, you know, we are very accessible. We have come to understand. Like I said, remember, I didn't, I didn't grow up here in Osaka. I am mm. just here. I'm just here. And one of the reasons why we take advantage of what's going on is that you realize that 90% of the agricultural suppliers or manufacturers of farm inputs in Zambia are in Lusaka. So if you are going to be able to actually push items or help farmers find the items they need on a cost-effective way, you have to be here, first of all, as a base to actually connect with these suppliers and inform them that they, need, they are needed by people out there. Once you convince them, which is what we have done, we, have, we, we roughly, maybe just to give some statistics in the last four years of what we've been able to do, we, we, we have roughly about 15 to 16 suppliers, uh, big suppliers, out of the five top suppliers in Zambia, four of them are already on, the, on, on our platform. That's number one. Number two, we work with, uh, we, we have worked so far, we have saved close to about 2,500 farmers. Uh, and these are both in urban, peri-urban, and in rural areas. So what we have done to solve that problem of access, uh, Mr. Charlie, is that we have added a mini call center that allows someone to actually call in, uh, just dial in or, or simply send a text message uh, and requesting for items they need and we'll get back to them, give them the prices of what they need. They'll make payment using mobile money, as uh, Tiniso, Tiniso mentioned, uh, and transactions will be done and products will be picked up from the supplier and pushed to the farmer 
are wherever they are in which town they are. So it's the good part is that these are the things that, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm anti-partisan. For me, I simply stick to the fact that, you know, the, the private sector must cover certain areas and the government must as well. One of the things I'm happy about uh, is that roads have been made and these roads are going to so many places in, in Zambia. And there are very few places we can't deliver items to as at now. So mm -hmm. we literally go all the way into Mwandi, that is beyond Livingstone, into Sesheke down that side. We go out all the way to Kasumbalesa. Uh, we are able to deliver, which is beyond Chirawombwe. We are able to go all the way into Lundazi and Chama as long as a client has heard about us on radio because we know that that's the easiest way that they are able to hear about us. Radio is the way. So we are in those, some of those local radio stations. And once they hear about us, the first thing they do is they call back, they inquire, and we give them the information. So we cater for those as well, because remember, that's where my relatives are as well. So I wouldn't be solving a problem for people that I just am I'm with here in the stack. I'm solving a problem for my own relatives as well at the village. You see, Gilbert, for me, the reasoning that we should adopt here is, I like the phrase you use that digital has no borders. One of the things that we need to do, yeah. where we need to start doing business, is the people that you mentioned in Bundazi, they are my relatives. They shouldn't worry about taking their products to Lusaka. They should take it to Malawi, Mozambique, and those, you see what I'm trying to say? I think Absolutely. that I is 100%. I think that's one of the greatest aspects of this Africa uh, continental free trade area. We are no longer thinking borders, like the video clip that Roger played. We are no longer thinking about Zambia's population is 14 million, whatever it is. Our mindset now is we are the 1.2 billion population Absolutely. market customers, my brother. That's the word. That's so that's the way we should that's be the thinking. Way to think now. Yeah. Even that, even that small little farmer Kulundazi, Kumuami, you've mentioned, Sesheke, my relatives in in Choma, where Mr. Dr. Musanje comes from. Those people should stop thinking Lusaka. Right. They should start thinking Zimbabwe, Mozambique, and those areas. And, we talked Angola, about this last week. Angola. Thank you. <laughs> Both living in Minilunga <laughs> and uh, all those places. So uh, we have about 32 minutes here left. First of all, let's find out. Roger, uh, Alan, Dr. Patrick, can you hear us? Are you there? Please say something. I can hear you. I don't know if you can hear me. I think I can, you hear, can hear you. You can hear us. Yeah, the yeah. people that are well, calling yeah, from the radio show. I can hear you. Uh, somebody, uh, let's continue the discussion here. Those of you that have questions, please indicate that you'd like yeah, to. Yeah, those are on the radio uh, next week. Please, if you want to be participating in this, you can call just as we call in radio. The number is 1-929-209-6099. That is the new number to call for the, for the radio. You don't need to be... On video, you can just be in your pajamas. Just call the number one nine two nine two zero nine two zero five six zero nine nine, and our code, our ID code, is the usual radio number three one nine five two seven six two one nine. You but the diaspora are listening today. 
And uh, either um, tell us what is uh, the product you think would be attractive, number one, to us, uh, the diaspora, um, and how we can use your, uh, your, your platform um, uh, probably to, to give you some business. Talk to us. Perfect. Thank you, thank you very much for, for sharing that. The first thing I would like to say is that um, if, you are, if, you are, if you are not in Zambia right now, uh, I would like to say that the first thing you want to do before you get into farming, or even if you have done some form of farming, is educate yourself around the kind of farming you want to do. That's the first thing. Because you will not know whether somebody is doing the right thing or not back home be it your auntie, uncle, young brother, nephew, son, you will not know whether they are in the right path. If they tell you, I need two bags of fertilizer for the field that you want me to plow, how do you know whether they are lying or not when you have never done any form of farm, or you have not done that farming, that, kind, that particular kind of farming before? You hear that at this point in time, there is a boom in, uh, in, in the growing of fish and aquaculture, and you want to jump in because you do know that the, the dollar value right now with the kwacha is quite higher, so probably it, it'll be cheaper for you to put out fish ponds and probably get into that business uh, than somebody who's locally here. But my advice would be, before you do that, what you'd like to know is that, because we, we, we call it remote, remote farming. Now you know, if somebody who is in Zambia itself uh, is not going to their own farm, they are very liable to, they are very, there's a huge susceptibility of being swindled themselves. What about someone who is outside Zambia, who they know that you're not going to be able to come in physically on a regular basis? So my, my advice is, first of all, go to our, to our e-learning platform, apunzile.com, which is A-P-U-N-Z-I-L-E.com, uh, and learn something. Uh, participate in a training. We teach you from there, first of all, we make sure that trainers are showing you issues about the market, uh, how to, what, what requirements are there for that kind of farming, and as well, how do you, how, what's the management of that, of that, of that, of that, of that farming, farming type, and what are the results? How do you harvest? How does it look like? What should you expect from that kind of uh, 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 farming activity? Once you understand that, then I would suggest that you know you can now shift to our to our to our marketplace, the trading platform, where we allow farmers to be able to buy a catch of inputs. So where you are there, we are going to be launching a, a new version of our a new version of our system uh, that is uh, in, in the next one to two weeks, and that would allow you to actually do as you do on uh, on, on 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 Amazon, where you are able to buy a gift voucher uh, on behalf of somebody. So mm -hmm. right now you could actually go in. Log in, uh, buy items. When you are checking out, you can pay online using your bank account right there, wherever you are in, in, in the world. The payments are, are global as well. Like I said, digital has no borders. So payment options that are being used right now, there will be no fraud. These are secured payments, and you will definitely be safe as you are doing that. Info, your information about your card details is not sitting on our account. And we are an entity. Let me just mention this because sometimes people think about the dot-com situation of, you know, a website existing somewhere and a guy with a briefcase who does not exist anywhere. <laughs> so, 
So we are an existing entity registered under ZDA, uh, registered under FACRA, registered under ZRA. We pay our taxes. And as well, we have got a physical office uh, here in Lusaka. So you could actually come and look for us. If you go on our website, you find our details. So I want to assure you that you can actually do your farming uh, remotely. While that side, simply tell us what you want to get. Go on the portal, pick up the items, add them to the cart, make the payment, but add the location of your relatives or wherever the location you want them to go here in Zambia and you run that transaction. So I would like to say that these things are valuable. You know, we talk about them, I know, because I've been abroad before, and we talk about them out there, but I'd like to say that they are here, and you could actually do that. Thank you. Two, que two questions, Roger. One for Gilbert, one for Tini. So Gilbert, how do we stop or kill that fish importation from China? Well, policies, first of all, and then secondly, can we be able to satisfy the local market ourselves? ourselves? Uh, so I'll connect that to what just happened a few weeks ago. Uh, we used to import a lot of potatoes and things like that. It was policy changed. It was banned. No, it's not allowed anymore for you to get that. The next question that comes after is, do we have the capacity now by the people in the country to be able to fulfill the needs of the chain stores, the small restaurants, the, the, the big restaurants, the hotels? Do we have enough people producing enough potatoes to do that? So for me, what I usually think about with these issues is that, first of all, we as a people need to grow our capacity and understand that fish farming, these are the things that, so there are silos. What is going on right now uh, through what is called the CEEC, which is the Citizen Economic Empowerment Commission, they have realized that they need, there's a very small com commitment of, of Zambians in, in the area of aquaculture. So they have sent out calls, and as I'm speaking, people are being made to make, to make fish farms at, at the riverbanks, and others are just being made to do them across the nation. Now, the idea there is obviously, how do we increase production of the fish before we can stop it from coming in? Because fish is, is important for our dietary needs. So for me, the critical issue always comes in, before we, 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 we make a decision to close something, let us grow capacity. Let us, let us be able to fulfill the needs of the Zambians ourselves. So I think that comes with knowledge, that comes to access to the raw materials, and uh, it also comes access to market. Thank you, uh, Mr. Nathan, for the question. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I got um, to go ahead. If you are in the chat room and you want to ask a question, yeah, send it uh, uh, to us. We can either read it or you can just unmute yourself, raise your hand, and uh, we'll allow you to ask uh, either to uh, a question or Gilbert uh, money. Any comment, Timiso, uh, uh, you may have? I was actually uh, thinking about this uh, specifically around um, uh, what they call transshipment fraud. Um, you know, once the uh, free trade area comes into being, I do see the possibilities of some uh, actors outside of the uh, African Union uh, finding ways and means to get their products into Africa free of uh, customs. And so that will probably be also be kind of an opportunity to kind of explore uh, technologies to understand what's referred to as, as um, 
you know, uh, countries of origin or rules of origin. Um, that's probably going to be one of, from a, from a customs or from a uh, international trade perspective, that will probably be one of the key uh, problems that, that African governments will have to uh, contend with. Um, I'm, I'm seeing some progress specifically in the blockchain space that tries to address issues around uh, uh, verifying the authenticity, um, especially in terms of um, where goods, trying to figure out where the goods actually originate from. Um, but as, as with most of these things, they're still kind of uh, in development and whatnot. But those are some of the things that we have to keep our eyes on. There's, there's a huge risk of dumping of, of goods, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, through, through uh, different kinds of schemes. Yeah. Um, and so uh, there are some risks for our businesses, uh, without a doubt. You, you have um, talked about uh, open across the world, Gilbert, uh, uh, the, the internet, the digital world is open across the world. Uh, thinking about your training, what, what you are doing, uh, how are you uh, uh, positioning yourself uh, with the coming of after, or it's not yet there, it hasn't sunk in. Uh, where are you? Uh, because it sounds quite global, and Africa can really benefit from what you are doing and our, our, our brother, uh, the other brother, uh, Africa, something talked about. Well, I mean, I have a uh... We, we have we have taken time to understand uh, what, how the the Africa free trade area uh, does look into our how it looks for our business and mm -hmm. uh, also what where can we be able to play in because right now as we speak uh, what you see as one of the bigger costs obviously is uh, the import and export activity uh, there we have a, a site we definitely have we currently have a site challenge obviously the costs of those things. And as well, um, the paperwork, which I think you mentioned that there has been installations of, of softwares like uh, Asikuda, which are making things better. But otherwise, what happens is that uh, products get to stay longer on the on the on the borders uh, than than they are supposed to. And obviously, if these these uh, these these rules are, are brought into play fully, that could probably reduce. Probably could just be looking at issues of making sure that you know uh, issues like. Uh, you know, like the, the, the origin issue has been dealt with, but at the end of the day, you are not going through the whole process of trying to make payment, trying to do all these things. You, you know to say, look, we are clearly going to pass through. It could take a day. So you could easily understand, you know, the, 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 the cycle of your business much better. Right now, you, you go to the border, you may take two days, you may take one week, you may take three weeks. Anything is possible. Now, a customer is waiting on the other side. So mm. that becomes a challenge. So for us, we look at it as saying uh, it will make it easier for us to do business with our neighbors because our intentions are to obviously expand into, 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 into our origin, into our, 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 our region, first of all, which is uh, our eight neighbors, uh, with Zimbabwe having a strong interest in our services, and uh, Tanzania as well, and Congo. So the idea is how do we expand in those areas it becomes easier when the Africa Free area comes into play. I do agree with that. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that is going to happen. And apart from that, I like what Mr. Nathan has mentioned, which is to say that the, the bulk transactions we would have done for the farmers locally don't have to always come 
to Lusaka. They can also, we can also look at how they could go to the nearest neighbor uh, where markets as well exist. So that could, that could be, a, that, that is a good thing as well. So I take note of that one and I'll put it down. Uh, but clearly for us, it's the expansion that was being uh, impeded by these, by these, by these borders uh, and rules around the borders that was making us slowly, you know, uh, just stick into our areas. But right now, I think we, we definitely are looking forward to them opening. I think for us, it's an advantage at the end of the day. All right. Otherwise, the, um, I don't know if we have any more. Um, uh, we, we, we are planned for four, uh, so our time slot was uh, given for uh, four presentations, but you guys have done a marvelous uh, job. Uh, so you have work to do in Zambia. You need to link up with the uh, group, but it's scary. You talk about yeah. 20 years. I'm scared about here 20 years, but that, uh, that is the, the reality. Um, but to hear the small, small increments, like you put it, Tiniso, where you have uh, the small increments from A, B, C, D, you celebrate that achievement. Yes. Then you, yes, move, you, do. you move from there and... As long as someone was saying, uh, as long as you know that you have made some success from A to A, not Pamupele, if you know Pamupele, in 2021, from 2020, 2019, that is no good. We need to talk about the You move, you see it now, the movement. Like us, we are moving from uh, radio to TV. <laughs> you know, TV. Yeah. yeah. That's a quick one, Mr. Chari. Yes. I, I wanted to just make an appeal, you know, probably to, to, to people out there. You know, one of the challenges we have seen here, uh, most especially in Zambia, is the development of solutions that are, that are over the top, and, and we hear it as well quite extensively from everybody here, that uh, that is why they have not uh, the, the, the use case has not been very helpful for the people on the ground. Uh, mm. The bigger problems lie there that they need that need to be solved. Number one is what Denise mentioned, which is the cloud, which is the data, the where do we hold data uh, that has to improve in Zambia. Number two is logistics. So logistics has been something that is uncoordinated in Zambia. It's there. There are so many trucks, there are so many <laughs> vehicles, there are so many things, but they are not coordinated, and that makes e-commerce and the rest of these activities become very difficult to do. And then the other thing as well is the issue of payments. So payments, again, some of them are in silos. Other organizations even make sure that they do not integrate to others so that they can you know, keep the monopoly or keep the control of their users. So the moment we see payments talking to each other more, that even makes things even better for everybody. Now, this is from mobile all the way to banks. That, that becomes good. Then the last one, which I want to agree very fully again with this, is the issue of electricity. We need to see off-the-grid kind of solutions, which is solar power and all that coming in in full force. When we see these four things, fully done. I think the rest will be built on top of that. And this is where the 15, 15, 20, 15, 20 years is coming from, uh, uh, Mr. Charlie. Because the problem is that everybody is trying to deal with the cosmetic problems. But these are the real issues. That if somebody sort of, sort of and, and I don't think we can point at the government for all these things here. 
It's for us. Where can we also come in? That's my submission. Uh, the, the government should um, just give us the uh, enabling environment, as you say. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. just the fact that there's peace. <laughs> the fact that well, I don't have to hide in my house is good <laughs> enough. Peace is like the food in the house. That is the not the peace. But I don't want to get the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that is just yeah. as, uh, as much. Uh, yeah. Thank you. If we're here, we are going to share the. Uh, uh, she wants uh, your details, so we'll share your, your details. I don't know if you can put your email uh, in the. Uh, the that's where, yeah. There was uh, Dr. Musanje. Dr. Musanje, if you have a question, uh, please. Um, Patrick has a comment. Mm-hmm. Oh, Patrick or Dr. Musanje. Dr. Musanje, you have a comment? You are on the. Unmute your, your, yourself, my brother from yeah, Mami. No, <laughs> this thing of coming from Macha is a problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I've enjoyed the discussions uh, today. Uh, I just uh, want to say that uh, this uh, Africa, uh, is whatever you call it, it free trade. Free trade, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I still have difficulty to remember. I know. You know, but it's a, a great thing. And uh, but uh, the question uh, to the presenters, which I have, is uh, where can we in the diaspora? How can we be part of it? Uh, I know that Roger, of all the people, Roger knows why I'm talking about that. Because that we can we can uh, participate in a small way to make this uh, uh, happen. Okay, uh, 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 Gilbert, you answered uh, my question, I think in a different way. This is why Mutanje uh, is also coming back with the, almost the same question. How can we, how can we participate? I'm not sure if you uh, understand the, I don't know, our angle. Okay, let's talk in terms of uh, investment. If a member of the diaspora uh, wants to be part of your, your 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 team. Is there a room number one for for uh, for for investment uh, in, in your in your company? What is the the benefit there? Well, thank you very much for 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 asking that, and uh, thank you for clarifying, uh, Mr. Charles, yeah. that this <laughs> is what this question means. <laughs> uh, because yeah, because you see, the thing is that so yes, uh, we have. These are entities, and I should say that one of the biggest things I represent two several institutions, and because mm-hmm. I didn't come for that, so I didn't I didn't mention them. I happen to be an ambassador for an organization, a uh, uh, community which is connected to which is connected to uh, ICC, which is International Trade Center, uh, based I think in Switzerland or so. So what, what we do right now is that in conjunction with another organization, a local, a local entrepreneurship hub called Jacaranda Hub, Innovation uh, Challenge. And in there, because I have a kind of bias in, with, 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 uh, with uh, teacher institutions, we went for students because we always hear the cry that we are, our education system is wrong, our education system has got problems, that is why it doesn't produce the right people. So we went for the, for the schools, for the students. 
how do we begin to foster entrepreneurship for them uh, as well as we are doing? Now, I, I have not forgotten your question. I just want to bring in something in totality. Uh, <laughs> okay. In totality. So I'd like to say that, so we are training these young people and taking them through what is called incubation, uh, mentorship connections, and then finally a demo day where they, where they can actually pitch. And we hope that out of this, we are going to be getting a cream of people that can become active both in creating technology and also hardware-related solutions that can be used in their local provinces across, which means that we are beginning to create a group of people that understand the need of business, enterprising, and as well would need to get investment. The problem that we're currently experiencing in Zambia is that there is no angel network. They are very, very weak. I was, I've been doing a study of, uh, I've been doing a, a, a study in relation, in relation with uh, uh, an organization uh, from, from Germany, and we are trying to look at how, what are the investors that we could actually work with, for example, even as, as, as IMSICA. One of the things we have found is that Zambia has a very poor network of angel networks. And what, what that leads to is that there are very few young businesses that are able to go past their door their doorstep in their home. Now you see that right now we are celebrating, we are celebrating what is this? We're celebrating Nigeria, right? Nigeria just had another unicorn enter the, another organization enter unicorn status, which is what is called Flutterwave. Uh, that was before they had Paystack, which was bought by, by, uh, by uh, uh, what was that? Stripe, by Stripe from the US. Then we, we had Jumia, which was IPO'd right there in the US. All these three companies are from Nigeria. Why? Because they have got a group of Nigerians right there, others in the diaspora, who are called angels, who are simply giving money, some of them, for very little equity in the business, as little as 5%. They are giving their $10,000 to this young person to say, look, I believe in this idea and dream that you have, and I'm not going to pressurize you. Here is what you're going to use to start build your technology, hire the first key uh, engineer in your business, the resources that Tinito was talking about, and let them grow your business in the first year. Let's see what comes out of that. Now, if this young person was able to convince you, a fellow Zambian, to invest $10,000, then it means that an extra person out there who is not of the same skin, who is an institution, will be, be able to say, I'm willing as well to put in my money. So I say yes. We are available for investment, and so are so many other SMEs that I'm connected to. So I would like to open up a conversation right now um, to Charlie to mm -hmm. say that I would like to become that bridge, if that, is, if that is possible, that there's a group of people in here who you feel that there is a certain level of investment that you want to start pushing back to, to fellow Zambians, I can connect us. I'll give you a quick example. There's a, there's a company called... Uh, if you're writing down, you could check these two things. There are two companies here. Uh, number one, it was called Zipos, which is Z-P-O-S. The second company was called uh, Musanga, which is uh, M-U-S-U-N-G-A. Zipos and Musanga. These are small businesses that started out just like us. Mm. Then there's a, there's a group of Zambians who came from the U.S. Uh, they are the Zambians. They went to the U.S. They came back for a visit. They came in the, in the hub where we were working from. And they spoke to the people there, and these guys have registered, registered themselves as a name called Zenga. So Zenga Capital. 
they decided to invest their, their money in those two small businesses. And one of them must stay closed, and the other one has remained growing. Now, the closing issue is a very normal thing. As you know, the statistics in the, in the U.S. are saying that out of 10 small businesses, nine will fail. Now, that is the U.S. That is the U.S. with all the knowledge and with all the technology and all the resources of understanding. What about yeah. Zambia? You're yeah. going to expect that out of 200, some at least 199 must fail, one must work. But who is going to put, their, who is going to put that level of, of confidence in the 199, so that we can find that very one that is going to work. That is not happening. So that is hampered a lot of things. So I would like to say, yes, uh, Dr. Dr. Elliot, we are available for investment as IMSICA, firstly. And secondly, I would like to open up the rest of the other people I know for those who may be interested in other forms of businesses. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I like this pasta, Roger. I like this pasta. Yeah, so we, we yeah. have what to do. If we don't have the money, I'm sure we have friends, lawyers there. We should be say, hey, I was cornered uh, give back one time by a lawyer friend. He said, mm. what do you want me to do in your country? I don't know why, why. I don't know why, why. Yeah, yeah. We have yeah, uh, uh, what do you ransom, Mr. Charlie, for, for, yeah. for, for having nothing to say to that lawyer? When, when there are <laughs> thousands of small SMEs here that would have needed that support. But Let's talk after this, I think. Let's, let's, let's have a conversation on how that could look like. So that, you know, well, I could, know there's the, so many like things that come around. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We begin well, to things have changed. Things have to put some uh, package. Yeah. 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 Next week, I don't know, according to our plans, uh, we might go political. Uh, young and now, Movita now, and uh, Anthony, where they are from uh, UPND, will be joining uh, the discussion here that time. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what you have lined up for... A, a small discussion of an NGO which will be feeding uh, uh, people in uh, a part of Zambia. They have uh, some, some work going on. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, yeah. With somebody who's, we may consider to be a founding member who was at the beginning of the start of this show. So she's coming back to discuss some things and uh, we're looking forward to that discussion. Gilbert, you are the type of pastor the country needs. I'm sending you my seed offering to say thank you for being what you are. So we need more pastors like Gilbert, yeah? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna get in trouble for this. I know. Thank, thank you very much. No, no, don't get, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. And our um, our people in the chat room, Ms. Patricia, Ms. Chipo, uh, Kelly, Kelly Developer. Who is Kelly Developer? Uh, this number gets uh, coming, uh, coming up. Uh, so join us uh, like uh, every week. This is the number those who are following us uh, online. And don't don't remain in Egypt. Cross with us to to Israel as as, as it were. Uh, Zoom the number again. I'll give you. Write it down if you don't want uh, the the links. If you don't want to be seen, you just want to call by phone. Is one nine two nine two zero five six zero nine nine nine, and then the ID is three 
We need uh, our family from uh, the radio broadcast to come to come with us. We've come a long, long, long way. Yes, uh, yes. And please like our Facebook page, Zambia Block Talk Radio, exactly. for all notifications, information, yeah. and updates. We are also on Twitter, Zambia Block Radio. And uh, like our, uh, what do you call it, YouTube page, ZBTR TV. So please do that. Join us. We're looking forward to having you guys. And we appreciate everybody sharing, reposting, and everything we are doing. The numbers are going up. We do appreciate that. So let's keep this thing going. Please stop thinking within the borders of Zambia or wherever you are. The world is no longer uh, the population of the country you live in. Like my sister Chi was saying in the UK. Oh, even you, who is from there, don't, you, you, are, you are hesitating to pronounce her name. No, I'm, it's because of my Texas accent. That's the problem <laughs> I'm having. Yeah. She we said need, it. Need, I mean, this to, is the biggest need, economic block. That's we, what she we need said. her actually. We need her. Yes, yeah. I told her that we need her to come on here and uh, yeah. talk about some things yeah. and stuff. You know, there, there are two people that I get excited about: smart Tumbuka woman and the smart pastor. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone, thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, this weekend. Uh, Timiso stepping up uh, in a big way. I'm sure you'll be advising us uh, in this uh, digital uh, world. Uh, pushing, you have anything you want to share, five minutes, uh, any given Saturday, feel free, uh, as they say. When people are talking like that, then there is a lot of food in the house. This is yeah. your house. Exactly. Is your house. But if we see you. Yeah. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah.